You talking about the things that go bump in the night? Well, not all of them. Sometimes it's a unicorn, sometimes a pixie. You're talking about mythological creatures, as in myth, as in, as in they don't exist. You've met them, what do you think? Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses-to-be. I am Christy, and I am here with my friend Bree. Hello! And we are here today to talk about Princess, a modern fairy tale. And I... I, This is the first live-action one that we've had, which was very exciting. I didn't know what to expect going into this one. And you know what's funny, actually? Because uh, when I first started doing the Bad Princess movie stuff, I originally was just focusing on animated films. And it was just kind of a... Just my personal preference. I just always kind of preferred animation to live-action stuff. And I remember just being in a thrift store one day and seeing Princess of Modern Fairy Tale on the shelf. And, of course, thrift store, it was about, like, two bucks or something like that. And so, on a whim, I was like, all right, you know what? Let's check out a live-action princess movie. <laughs> and this movie changed my opinion on live-action princess movies. And oh, I welcome them now. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely a different experience. It was... It was wild. It was a wild watch. Yeah, it definitely... I Something that I've kind of realized as I've gone through and kind of assembled my collection is that the live-action movies tend to aim for a, an older demographic, whether that's like mid-teens or all the way to adult princess movies, whereas the animated ones definitely tend to be more for the younger crowd. So as a result, you do get just different different storylines and different tones to the movies that you wouldn't see in the animated uh, princess movies. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't watched... I think, like, I've maybe watched a few live-action ones. Like, I've seen Princess Diaries. <laughs> That's the big one. And I don't, like, yeah. I feel like I must have seen some other live action princess movies in the past, but they don't roll off. I don't got them at the top of the dome right now. Yeah, they're definitely not the first ones you think of. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Um, there's, I, I've seen, I've been on a recent kick of trying to find international uh, bad princess movies. So right now, the ones that I can think of, they're all, there's like like, like a lot of Russian uh, fairy tales. Uh, there is Donkey Skin, which is a French uh, fairy tale. And oh, yeah, I saw you posting about that one on the Twitter a, a while back, and I was very curious. I have not seen yeah. that one. That that's one that we are definitely going to have to watch because that one is that that one falls into the category of weird and artsy, but not bad in the slightest. I enjoyed the hell out of Donkey Skin. I I look forward to experiencing Donkey Skin. 
mm-hmm. which is a strange sentence to say out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I never, <laughs> never thought of it. <laughs> but uh, on the note of Princess, a modern fairy tale, just for a brief bit of history where this one comes from. Uh, so this is a... 2008 made-for-TV movie that was brought to us by ABC Family. Um, in 2006, ABC Family had rebranded uh, the A New Kind of Family slogan that appears on the DVD of this film comes from this rebranding period. With this relaunch came a new programming strategy with targeted teen and young adult demographics, which kind of gives us a rough idea of what audience the film was intended for. Uh, and which is interesting because there's definitely elements of this film that are like it's it's an a, a more teen audience but i'd say like a young teen audience almost but you can definitely tell like this is a princess movie that it's that slightly mid teen audience because it's not for the little kitties because there's sort there's some scenes and some dialogue that is definitely trying to reach an older audience, but at the same time, some of the story is just a little I like I just don't think adults would really get into it. Yeah. There's just not enough there for an adult to sink their teeth into. Yeah, so it's a little tonally strange, but <laughs> I'll note, uh, so right off the bat, Brie, here's a fun fact about this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it was filmed in Toronto. Oh, I saw there was, in the the credits, there was some stuff about Canadian casting and stuff like that, but I missed that it was in Toronto. That makes sense. Yeah, the the castle that the princess lives in is a real location in Toronto. It's called uh, Castle Loma, which was built between 1911 and 1914. Really? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know yeah, Toronto so- had its own castle. I yeah, I I had no idea either. Um actually when I cuz this is this is a movie that I watched a while back with my viewing group and it was kind of fun because one of the people there had been to Toronto and was able to pick out some of the locations in the movie. Oh my god. That's I, fantastic. I think, I, I think in the movie itself, I'm pretty sure that they try and disguise it as the States. Um, oh yeah. Know, like you th- but, one of the characters walks in wearing like an American flag shirt and it's it's no, this is definitely America. America. <laughs> yeah. Canadians aren't magical enough. No. There's no magic in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Just maple syrup. <laughs> I was trying to think of other things. I got nothing. No, no, that's the thing. It's we're we are a nice place to live, but all magic fled Canada in uh, eighteen thirty six. Ah, yes, the great magic exodus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they haven't made that one to a heritage moment just yet. <laughs> just one of those sepia tone PSAs from things Canadians will get heritage moments. Yeah, yeah, things. <laughs> this. This is the Canadian uh, section 
of this podcast as, <laughs> as required by Canadian broadcasting standards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it must be at least, what, 40%, 50% Canadian content on this podcast? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if this if this was a made for made for TV movie for Canada, you would see maple leaves all over the place. Oh, People yeah. would probably be talking about hockey because you got to really make sure that if it's you got to get get that enough Canadianness into the movie that people know it's in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> you have to it's it, you have to hit as many. They go to a like a Tim Hortons. Yeah, probably like. Uh, one of the dates that uh, the characters would go on would be to get some poutine. Oh, yes. Oh, I could go for some poutine right now. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it was filmed right. in Toronto. Yeah, so filmed in Toronto. Um, yeah, so do we want to get into the plot here? Sure. All right, everyone. So we're going to try things a little differently this time. I am going to go through the plot here at near ludicrous speed. Uh, and then we will open the floor up for discussion after the fact. Here so, we go. Strap in, everyone. We, yeah. So here we go with the plot of Princess, a modern fairy tale. The film begins and we are introduced to William Humphrey, or Will. Will is a not-so-recent Princeton graduate, and he's having a hard time finding his way in the world. He's gone through three field careers in the last five years, and has just been forced to move in with his best friend Louis and Louis's pregnant wife Sophie. He's not completely washed up, though, as he still has $50,000 in a trust fund that he hopes to coast on while trying to find a career that sticks. While welcoming Will into their home, we learn that Lewis and Sophie have received an invite to an endangered species ball held by one Princess Ithaca. Ithaca is an eccentric local legend who has been confined to a castle her entire life. She only appears once a year in public at this annual ball held at the castle. Will and Lewis attend the ball, and upon seeing the beautiful Ithaca, Will is immediately drawn to her. In an attempt to solicit more donations for her charity, Ithaca offers herself up for auction, with the winner getting the last dance of the evening and a dinner date with her the following night. Bidding starts, and Will impulsively bids his last $50,000, with Lewis adding the caveat that the date has to happen outside of the castle. Ithaca accepts the condition, and the deal is set. Before the dance, Lewis gives Will a line, I know who you're looking for, and I know you haven't found her yet. You're looking for the woman you'd thought you'd be by now. If you look closely, you'll see her in my eyes. Will tries to give Ithaca the line, but only manages to get out. I know who you're looking for. I know you haven't found her yet. Ithaca is shocked at first, but happily tells Will to meet her at the castle at noon the next day. The next day, Ithaca and Will meet in the backyard of her castle. She and Will talk, and she mentions she was worried because time was running out. They only have a week left, and she talks about these weird dreams she's been having about her. We see snippets of this dream throughout the film, which is of a frightened young girl with long braids and a beetle tattoo on the back of her neck, being pursued by a large shadowy creature. Will plays along, reassuring Ithaca that these dreams are normal, and also reminded her about the date that he's paid for. Ithaca agrees to a date the next evening, and mentions that Will is 
not at all what she expected from a searcher. What follows is a series of dates between Will and Ithaca, where the two slowly bond, all while Ithaca keeps making references to Will's role as a searcher, specifically mentioning her upcoming 25th birthday as an important deadline. We also see that animals seem to be drawn to Ithaca, and that a strange man seems to be following Ithaca and Will wherever they go. Eventually, Ithaca decides to invite Will into the castle, having previously kept their interactions outside the castle walls. While Ithaca is momentarily distracted, Will snoops around the castle, finding his way into the basement. There, he is accosted by the strange man from earlier, who is revealed to be a manticore. Ithaca runs in just in time to save Will. She apologizes and explains to Will that she is a healer, someone with the power to command and heal mythical creatures in, who are instinctively drawn to seek out help from her when they're hurt. It's a position that you're born into, that she and the princesses that came before her were orphans destined to become healers. Will's role as the searcher is to help Ithaca find the new princess, which they must do before Ithaca turns 25 or the healer magic will not be passed on. Feeling guilty and overwhelmed, Will admits to Ithaca that he isn't a searcher, that he was just using a line on her at the dance. He tells her that he loves her, but Ithaca angrily calls Will out for taking advantage of her. With precious time left to find the new princess, Ithaca resolves to find her herself. If the sun rises on Ithaca's 25th birthday without the new princess being found and brought inside the castle, Ithaca will lose her power and the new princess will never be able to inherit them. Will considers leaving town, but a heart-to-heart -heart with Sophie makes Will realize that he might actually be a searcher after all. With the information he knows about the girl from Ithaca's dreams, he begins his search. While searching, he runs into Ithaca, and the two put aside their differences for the time to find the new princess, who they learn through a helpful tattoo artist is a street kid named Jitterbug. <laughs> Sorry, the helpful tattoo artist. <laughs> He was just so open and friendly. Anyway, continue. <laughs> they find Jitterbug at an abandoned theater, just as she's being threatened by a three-headed hydra that has a spike stuck in its foot. The hydra won't obey Ithaca because she's close to losing her powers, and it won't listen to Jitterbug as she hasn't inherited hers yet. While Will attempts to distract the hydra, Ithaca pulls the spike from its foot. She gets flung across the room for her troubles and is knocked unconscious. Will and Jitterbug flee, with Will carrying Ithaca. They return to the castle, getting inside just as dawn breaks. Jitterbug, revealing her name to be Calliope, inherits Ithaca's powers. Meanwhile, Ithaca still lays unconscious. Will apologizes to Ithaca and kisses her. The kiss revives Ithaca, and the film ends with Calliope being crowned as the new princess. Whew. All right. So this was a wild one. Yeah, this one, this was kind of fun to rewatch because I remembered this one being pretty bad and awkward, but I didn't remember a lot of the specifics about why it was bad and awkward. Oh boy. Yeah. Like for the, I, I will admit for the first, ooh, like 10. 20 minutes or so of this film, I was like, Christy, uh, I'm not sure about this one. I don't, I'm, mm, I don't know about this one. This might be one where we're not going to agree too much. 
Yeah. On the, the the good badness of it. But it does sort of, it gets better as it goes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the, but at the beginning, ooh, it's a little rough. Yeah. With its early 2000s-ness. Yeah. And do, so do we want to start off right with that? The, those traces of the early 2000s-ness uh, in this film? Ugh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so getting it right out of the way, during Will's introduction to Lewis and Sophie, when Will hears about the prin- the princess's ball, he makes this shitty comment about two guys going to a princess ball together. That's not gay at all. Oof. Yeah. My guy. Like, the Lewis character in this film sucks. Yeah. Sucks. He sucks so much. There's so many notes in here that are just, oh my god, these this guy sucks so much, and these women, both of them, all of these women deserve better in this film. <laughs> yeah, both Will and Lewis, especially, like, th- like, the first, like you said, like, the first, like, ten minutes or so of the film, they're both just, just unpleasant. They're just like, we're rich assholes, we have all this money we went to princeton lewis is like i have made a made a tech company and i sold it and now i have millions and i don't have to work ever again i'm like cool what a relatable good character what a what a cool guy yeah he's definitely a a great uh, yeah <laughs> yeah he he was a dot-com genius and he 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 and he he brags about this that he sold he I guess sold a website for quote a gazillion dollars and retired young and he's saying this to his best friend who just like is down in the dumps and is having to move into his spare room because he just had his third failed career in like five years well we say down in the dumps, yeah. but this man also still has a fifty thousand dollar trust fund at age twenty five. Yeah. They so they don't down in the dumps. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because they they leave that bit out. You don't find that bit out until a little later when he's at the ball with Ithaca, about to meet Ithaca. So at the start of the film, you're kind of you're sort of sympathetic to Will, but as soon as you hear that, it's just like, oh, what the fuck. Like, yeah, like, oh, it, it, you know, it sucks. He's trying to find his place in the world. He's got no money. He's got a crowd, ca- like, couch surf. Oh, that's... Wait, you mm-hmm. have 50k just sitting there that you can use? Excuse yeah. me? <laughs> well, and, and, like, how oh, it's man. phrased, too, is that he's down to, like, his last 50k. So his, how- yeah, his last 50k. So how much money oh. did he have beforehand that what oh jesus but uh but (laughs) so yeah it starts out strong with some real likable dudes yeah yeah and and again the that the mid-2000s that casual kind of gay bashing yeah oh my god there's another one later where uh, Will is talking to Lewis about how Ithaca's having dreams of a of a girl, and he's like, "Oh, the lesbian delusion." And I'm like, "I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, leap into the film <laughs> and punch this man." This this, mm, love the the gay jokes coming out of this guy. Definitely not not pissing me off. They're just dropped so casually too, right? 
And it's this is this is ABC Family. This is a Disney made for TV movie. Ugh. And as as mentioned earlier, that it's supposedly aimed at like a mid teen audience. And I guess it was just like this is what like the teens will like. This is the you know the language that teens are using. Yeah, this is this this will resonate with the the youths of today. And I guess like. In the early two, well, I mean, I say early two thousands. It was two thousand and eight, but I guess they're yeah. probably filming in two thousand seven. Whatever. In the early two thousands, it was sort of the era where it's like that was a slur, that was like a joke, and it's like, mm, mm. yeah, gross, gross. Yeah, it's an interesting sort of time capsule of that specific era. Yeah. Yeah, so there's also, like, stuff about how, and this is, like, from Lewis again at how he's telling Will he can't go stand in the government cheese line, like, ooh, gonna be a poor person, Will. Oh, my God. Everything about this, like, these characters, this setting, this time frame, oof. Yeah, and, you know, and I was trying to think, too, like, what is, what's the story reasoning behind making Lewis, uh, like, really rich? Like, what, what purpose does that serve in the story? And the only thing that I can think of is that they wanted to justify them getting an invite to this high society ball? Yeah. Or, like... So that he could have enough money to buy a date with the princess. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's why Will is is rich is to have that money. But they didn't. I don't know. It just it it feels like a weird, like why have them being both super wealthy? I don't know. It was like it was a weird choice. Ugh, wasn't great. No. Yeah. You you know you could have easily spun it too that like will will just he just says that he has 50,000 and maybe the movie is that he is trying to stall like part of his deception against Ithaca is trying to stall about giving her the money Yeah that's well sort of a, an Aladdin thing like yes yeah. I'm definitely wealthy but I guess that would have maybe taken the plot line differently because once I guess like Ithaca, the reason why Ithaca put herself up for auction was because they needed more money to care for the endangered species, which you find out were these mythical creatures. Yeah, I, I do. I do love there's a part where they go on one of the dates and they go they go to like a like a ch- some kind of high society event which is really just dinner with a bunch of old people yeah and they're like so what specific uh like endangered animals are you caring for and she's just like "Mm." (laughs) so um your highness where exactly do the funds from your annual event go i'm sorry We're all interested in maintaining a proper balance of the species on the planet. Exactly which species are our funds protecting this year? 
Karen, I think the answer to that would be Karen. rather obvious. Well, I mean specifically. Baby seals, whales, I don't know, the African tiger. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah, it's it's great. There's just this one woman who just, she has a bead on Ithaca. Yeah. And and it's just like, starts, yeah, like, it's just like, and, and Ithaca has no cover for it. Yeah, she's just like, oh, I've, I've never had to face this question before, I guess, at any of the, the balls that I've done for the past however <laughs> many years. No one's ever actually asked me which endangered species this this charity ball is for. No, and and it's great because that's one of the things that that she starts to to get attracted to Will because he def- he steps in and kind of creates a cover story story for her. Yeah, like that was that was I think the first scene of this guy doing anything where I was like, okay, that was like good job, Will. Like you did mm-hmm. a a decent thing there, but for like the first. I think that doesn't happen until like what half an hour into the movie. <laughs> it's yeah, like, like it's a fair ways into the movie. Yeah, and this is the first time that I've been like, all right, that was yeah. a cool, that was a good move, Will. Yeah, that's you know, it's funny because he, I think the intention is for him to have a character arc in that he starts off being selfish and then he he love learns to really love Ithaca and he becomes less selfish in the end. But for a while, it just feels like he is just being selfish all the way through. Yeah. And so you, you don't really believe that he's actually like changed. Yeah. No. I, I kind of want to talk about that $50,000 thing more because <laughs> uh-huh. thinking about it, did he so did he actually pay her that money? I guess so, because he does say to Lewis later when he's taking her on a date, he's like, I need to borrow some money, so I guess she does have his fifty grand. <laughs> Which Okay, cause yeah, it's yeah, like the whole the fifty grand thing again, she she kinda mentions that they need the funds to care for the animals, but then the plot of finding the new princess kind of takes over and whatever conflict that might have arisen from their lack of funds is kind of ignored, I guess, because of Will's $50,000. Yeah. Good job, Will. You, uh, by spending your entire 50, 50k, you, you saved all the mythical creatures. Good job, I guess. Yeah. What's great, too, is that, so the auction specifically, the person that bid before Will was only at 25k. Yeah, he, he didn't have to. He didn't have to give all the 50k. I guess maybe he was like, if I bid double that, no one's going to outbid me. Which, I, but, I mean, I guess. I, I think I kind of understand what happened to the rest of his buddy. <laughs> However many more thousands of dollars he had. Yeah. Oh, God. Who knows how much money he burned. He does mention in the film that he doesn't talk to his family much anymore. I guess. Yeah, that's never... That's sort of like a a plot point that's in and then gone. Like, he just sort of mentions it offhand to Ithaca at one point. He's like, yeah, I don't see my family anymore. And it's like, oh, there's no... Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess I guess that's probably why is maybe they got 
I don't know, just got tired of him spending his money on uh, failed, his... failed business ventures. Yeah. Oh, do I have... Hold on, I gotta check my notes. Do I have the... I thought I had the written down. I know the one was... Oh, right, he... So he, um... He was going to be a writer. Right. And then, then he was going to be an artist. And then he... It was something to do with a vineyard. Yeah, like he, he had a gonna... vineyard. And I'm like, you don't just start a vineyard. You can't... Like, yeah. is that where the last of where the rest of his money went? He had enough money to purchase a vineyard and try to make wine? <laughs> My guy. I'm just picturing him just like buying a field somewhere and then buying a bunch of grapevines <laughs> and then just being like confused that he's not making just, money. Why isn't this working? I have the I have a field. I have the grape. Why I don't have wine now? Why is where is wine? <laughs> I, I don't understand. God, how how do you make wine? I should have I should have thought about this before I tried to run a vineyard. I wonder how long because he mentions he was like trying to write the next great American novel as well, and he's like, actually, I haven't written anything because I don't have a story. And I wonder how long he was saying he was a novelist. Yeah. <laughs> how how long were you doing this for, my guy? Well, and that one gets brought up at the end, too. He starts, uh, I forget who he says it to, but he mentions that he's going to start writing on his book again because he's been, like, inspired by the events of the film. And and I guess he's going to maybe just novelize what, yeah. what happened. I guess. I, I picture him and Ithaca breaking up after. Yeah. I can't, I don't. She could do so. She's such a good person. She doesn't. She deserves better. There, it definitely the moment where she starts calling him out on his, uh, on his behavior to her. Like you, definitely, you're grateful for it. Do you realize that I only have two days left to find her? All of these creatures will be completely helpless. The sick ones will die, others will become dangerous. Well, let me help you. I want to help you. You, you just... can't help me. I finally realized who you are. You're a person who takes advantage of innocence with manipulations and lies, and you don't care who gets hurt or even dies in the process. And you think you're falling in love with me. You don't betray the people that you love. Yeah, because she definitely has a few things where you're, where she's like, oh, you're just an asshole. You're just like a, a guy who was using my naivete against me. Yeah. Um, you're a dick. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, she definitely, like, both her and Sophie, actually. And I guess before i feel so bad for sophie because she's married to lewis yeah. who sucks so bad maybe maybe we need to go into lewis a bit more to fully understand the oh shit that sophie has to deal with um because because he's just so awful in every scene and he never gets any comeuppance other than will briefly use like you're you did a bad thing and now i'm mad at you yeah. and then nothing else yeah and it's just 
he blows my mind every time he's on screen and saying something new that sucks. Yeah. So so Lewis's main thing throughout the film, he's I guess he's got two main things. And the number one is that he's constantly uh, pushing Will to take advantage of Ithaca. Lewis thinks that she is delusional, and yet he's he's telling Will to use her. To like, if he schmoozes with her, that this will net will business contacts because it's like the high society people will want to, will will want to associate with him because he's associating with Ithaca. So there's like a pattern to Lewis's scenes where Will will have a date with Ithaca, and then he'll go back to Lewis to debrief about it, and Lewis is always just like, uh, yeah, she's crazy, yeah, dude, you should just uh, take, you know, keep taking advantage of her. This will get get you money, so I guess. Yeah, like you'll get really famous, and everyone will want to talk to you if you, like, I'll send the paparazzi, and you can talk to the people at the, at the. The paper, and they'll t- they'll write stories about you. You'll be famous. It's like, yeah, my my goodness, dude. Yeah, you he suck. He has a so he has a contact at the newspaper, and on one of Lewis on one of Will and Ithaca's dates, he sticks the paparazzi on them. Despite, and he told this plan to Will beforehand, and Will told him, "Don't freaking do this." And yeah. Lewis ignored him, did it anyways, and then he lied to Will's face when after the fact, Will was like, did you send the paparazzi after us? Because they found us. And he's like, no, 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 it wasn't me. I don't don't know. And then he eventually does cop to it later on, but he tries to frame it as he was just trying to help uh, Will out. Come on, you knew I was going to make that call. No, I didn't. In fact, I told you not to do it. You're unbelievable. Well, someone had to take control of your life. Oh, like you're taking control of yours? You just have me as some little pet project, so you don't have to actually deal with the fact that your child is coming into this world. What? You should be thanking me. My plan is working. I've just been trying to help you, dude. You were in a downward spiral. Maybe my failures put me exactly where I'm supposed to be. (laughs) With a deranged princess? Do not ever call her crazy again. I'm in love with her. You let yourself fall in love with her? Yes. And now she's never going to speak to me again. And, and it is so much worse than that. You have no idea. Yeah, like, oh, I'm doing this. T- I'm doing you a favor. You should be grateful to me. And it's like, oh, my God, dude. Like, yeah. Don't. And d- just stop talking and being yeah. in this movie. And also, be nicer to your pregnant wife. Yeah. And don't be such an asshole to her yeah. also. So, so it, it, this kind of ties into to Will's rant, his brief little calling out of Lewis, is that he, he accuses Lewis of using him as a pet project to avoid dealing with the reality that his future child is soon arriving. And... That's the, that's the second thing that you you see Lewis doing the entire film. It's it's trying to set take advantage of Ithaca, and then complaining about oh ew, being a parent's gonna suck. Oh, Lamaze class is lame. Oh, I have to get a oh. minivan, but I like convertibles. Oh, uh, why would I want? Oh, I have my 
hot rare car that makes people jealous of me, but I guess we'll have to buy this minivan. Yeah. Oh, I have to go to baby stores. What's this? Plays with a breast pump. I don't even know what this is. Mm. Well, and, I'm, and, I'm a, and an way, asshole. <laughs> Sorry, I'm heated about this guy. And well, and you know what? Too this this the car scene especially is Ugh. stupid because a guy that is a, a apparently a gazillionaire or whatever. Has mm. enough money to afford a garage big enough to have multiple cars and for multiple car payments. So, you want to keep your fast car? This is the type of guy that can almost certainly afford to do so. And yet he's yeah. bitching about it. And, and while... And, and it's Just important sucks. to point out... <laughs> yeah, he does. But it, it's... It's important to point out that when these conversations are happening, Sophie is always off doing something. Like, she's looking at baby clothes, or she's just, like, she's kind of, she's there with them, but she's excused so that she doesn't hear all the shit that her husband is telling his friend. Yeah. That's like, oh, she deserves so much better. There is, there is at one point, because Ithaca comes looking for Will at their house, and- and she is fucking, she's fully dressed. She's doing her thing. She's like working around the house and and Lewis is in his boxers in a ratty shirt eating chicken wings. And they let yeah. Ithaca in and she's like, Lewis, go put on pants. And and after he leaves, she's like, oh, soon I'll have to dress two babies. I'm like, oh. Yeah, and it's and it's played as a joke, but you're just like, oh no, <laughs> just no, she will. Oh, oh. yeah, like, I, and again, like with her not being present in those scenes that he's he's talking to Will, it just makes it like it makes it horrifying because it makes it feel like she doesn't know, like just the the depths of like the shittiness that her husband can yeah. reach. Oh. <sighs> so every time he showed up it was just the worst but yeah the thing and- that started to grab me with the movie is that like i was just like i'm i don't like these dudes this plot is really weird i don't know what's happening but then it started with the whole searcher thing and uh ithaca talking about all this sort of like sort of strange things that will was just like uh-huh yeah uh-huh and i'm like I'm really, I'm so curious about what her whole deal is and what this thing she's talking about is, but we keep having to go and stick with Will's perspective so we don't get to find out. And I'm really just like, come on, (laughs) I want to know what's actually happening in the plot. I'm really interested in this. So I guess I'll keep going with listening to Will and Lewis until I can find out what's actually happening. Yeah. And And it is so awkward because... There's obviously something going on with Ithaca, and and she keeps, like, she kind of talks in vagaries, but that's because she, she assumes that Will knows what she's talking about, and yeah. Will never corrects her on it, so he just, he's just playing along with it. But it adds to him being kind of a general scumbag, because he's, he's never, he never attempts to clear her confusion, and he also doesn't seem to care. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, oh, mate. Like, it's almost like he does think that she's sort of 
detached from reality and he's just sort of going along but also she's cute and he likes her so whatever I'm like, yeah Ugh. yeah like the movie tries to claim that he's drawn to her that the searcher I, I guess there's just some sort of magic involved and presumably that's their explanation for why he kept taking advantage of her is because even though She's clearly giving signs that, you know, like if, if you, if he does believe he's delu- she's delusional, why would he keep coming back? And why would he keep feeding into it or taking advantage of her? And I guess that, that the, oh, well, he's drawn to her is the reason oh, for it's that. magic. <laughs> hmm. Oh, he really, yeah, it, he really is a searcher this whole time, which, which I it kind of turns out he is. Yeah. Which, ugh. I kind of wish that hadn't happened, (laughs) to be honest. I wish that it was that he wasn't a searcher and that his his small small way of trying to make it up to Ithaca is to be like, you know what, I'm not a searcher, but I am still going to help you. Yeah, like, we can rely on your instincts and we'll find it, we'll find the new princess... And I will help you because I love you. And it's like, yeah. okay. Instead, he's like, oh, wait, actually, I think I just am a searcher. It turns out I, I was all along. Yeah. Aha. And I, and I guess we should explain, too, the searcher is basically that... I- Ithaca kind of talks a bit about it in the film, just that they're typically older dudes that they, they come to the healers to help give them information on how to find the new princess and it seems it seems like this maybe manifests in that will has like a spidey sense the searchers have a spidey sense that when the new princess is near he just kind of like it gets a weird feeling in his brain yeah i guess yeah which seems a bit weird to me because that doesn't seem super useful yeah, it's like someone in a proximity to me probably has magics. Yeah. Has magical powers. And Don't know who it is, but I'll know when I see them, I guess. And maybe there's more to the role than we know. And we're just seeing like, because Will doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Like, he doesn't <laughs> know what he, you know, there yeah. there's more, should be more to it. But Ithaca's dreams where she... She basically sees um, a jitterbug as she is being, like, starting to come into her powers. And those seem way more useful. So what the hell is the searcher doing? Yeah, it's like she she has dreams where she literally, she doesn't get to see her face because they're at night. They're dreams that she has of the person and they're in the same area so it's nighttime in both places so she doesn't see her face but she mm-hmm. sort of sees her vague outline it's like okay i know xyz about this person i know vaguely where she might be i yeah. know what she kind of looks like but i can't go find her i guess so i just have to rely on the searcher and his vague notions yeah like i guess maybe that that's it normally is that like a big deal seems to be made of keeping Ithaca safe in the castle. Like she mentions that she she doesn't leave, and 
it, it it's it seems like it's highly unusual for any like the princesses to leave the castle. So I guess maybe the role of the searcher and the healer is that the the healer gets these premonitions about the princess that they could then give to the searcher and then the searcher goes to try and investigate and use their spidey sense to try and find the the new princess yeah i that i feel like that makes more sense mm-hmm. but i don't know how the searcher is also supposed to get a like know that they're the searcher if they're just some random dude that gets picked. Yeah. So it's like, how Especially- do you know you're supposed to go f- find the princess if you... Like, the only reason he ran into her and any of this kicked off was because he moved in with his terrible friend and they went to the ball. Otherwise, he yeah. would never have known. The week would have passed. She would have lost her powers. Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think something that kind of stuck out to me, too, in this viewing as well is that... So Ithaca brings Will into the castle and he sees the mythical creatures and he's obviously very shocked and surprised at this. And Ithaca doesn't see that as a problem, which seems weird to me because you would think that the searcher whose job is to find the new the new healer, the new princess, so that they could then be taken to the castle and help the next generation of mythical creatures... It feels like the knowledge of the mythical world should come with that. But yet, when yeah. Will is like, what the hell's going on? I- I- Ithaca is like, sorry, like, oh, don't worry. Like, this is, you know, let me explain this to you. Yeah, that struck me as super odd as well. Because it was just like, if he's supposed to be this person with this role to play in this sort of mythical lineage thing... Wouldn't he know anything? Yeah, like, there there should have been, like, a scene where, or it should have just been different, where, you know, Will gets attacked, he freaks out, and Ithaca's like, you know, like, oh, don't worry, they're just, these are just the creatures that I'm helping. And then when she realizes that Will has never seen them before, that's when things should start to unravel. Yeah, it should have been like, oh... Why don't you know any of this? Like, I thought you would know, and then he could get caught in the lie. Yeah. But, yeah. In, yeah. In, instead, that conversation happens the next day. So Will gets attacked, he goes home, and, like, stews about it, and then the next day, the conversation where he admits that he's not a searcher, and Ithaca calls him out happens. Yeah, she she brings him back to the castle. And and shows him. <laughs> oh yeah, oh. yeah. Oh yeah. We <laughs> should fa- talk about the baby fairy. About... Oh my god, the 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 creatures in general. Oh god. Oh the creatures. You know what's fun? Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw in the credits that the uh, creature effects were done by the special effects were done by Real Effects, which is. A studio that still exists. They just did the Scoob movie. Oh, that's well. Yeah. You know what? Good for them. I was like, I saw it in the in the the credits. I'm like, real effects. I wonder if that's the same one. And it is. It's <gasps> they worked on like uh like Firefly in the past. They did Scoob. They've done a bunch of a bunch of films. 
Well, that's awesome. I mean, good for them. They're they're moving on up in the world. Yeah, they sure are. Well, I mean, and the CG is, I mean, it's 2008 passable yeah. CG. It's not the worst. Yeah, and and for a TV made for TV movie, yeah, it's like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. That oh god, that little baby fairy though. <laughs> baby is so yeah. weird. Yeah, so Ithaca so Ithaca <laughs> brings Willet and she's like, This is what we're trying to save. And there's yeah, this, this little fairy just gave birth to a baby and it's a I mean it's a the biggest baby ever. She it's it is larger than her whole torso. I'm like, ma'am, are you okay? Yeah, like oh my god. How did you that's an enormous baby. Well, and you know what's great too is that so this little tiny fairy is on this full-sized human bed, yeah, her which full-sized human bed, <laughs> which just makes me laugh. It also makes me question, like, you don't have different sized like beds for the various sized creatures you got. I mean, I guess they come and go, so they just have to get big ones, and and even if you're small, you get a big one. I yeah, I guess. But yeah, this this little the the, the mother proudly. Proudly presents her newborn baby to Ithaca, and you see the little the little fairy baby, and it unfurls its wings for the first time, and then it flies around a little bit. Yeah, it like it looks like it's swaddled in like a blanket, but then it's like, no, that's my wings, and then mm-hmm. the little wings pop out, and yeah. it flies around. And- this is so weird. <laughs> Which that that seems like a nightmare. If you were a fairy, if you were a fairy and you had to deal with an infant baby that could also fly. Oh god. Oh jeez. That does seem nightmarish. Like how many <laughs> so, yeah, that that just seems like Is this why the fairies have to come to Ithaca because they probably like that would be so much trouble. Imagine if you were in the forest and your baby kept flying away. You would lose it immediately. Yeah, then they're so small, it would go behind a leaf and you'd never find it. It'd probably get, like- Never find your little baby. Stuck in a spider's web, like, two seconds after- (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, so, it's- This was just (laughs) such a scene. The the other creatures are pretty great too. So there's a um so there's there's of course a unicorn that they just like sometimes will just like lead through the hallways. Um Yeah, you know, it's just chilling. Yeah. There's also so there's a there's a mermaid lady. And they they do the yes. kind of the typical thing of it's like, "Oh, here's a lady in a wheelchair with a blanket over her legs and then oh, she's got a fin oh. sticking out." Oh. And then they cover the fin like it's supposed to be a secret. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. Would wouldn't he know? you? Yeah, why would you be afraid of letting him in on the secret? I don't know. It's all very mysterious. <laughs> there's uh, so there's also there's the manticore which uh, attacks. It's just a man. He looks like. <laughs> What what was it that he looked like? The, I didn't even write it down. He looks like Ron Perlman in yes, Beauty yes, and the yes. Beast. Yes, that is the, what he looks like. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page with that one. Yeah, that's. I, I feel like that that must have been the inspiration because it was just like so so close. It just didn't, yeah. didn't look and feel. But yeah, he's just 
he just kind of randomly is following Ithaca and Will kind of on their dates, just like standing like 50 feet away. And I guess just trying to wait for the opportunity for Will to leave so that it could go to Ithaca for help. I guess. But he's just like wandering around. Like at one, t- at one point, one of their dates is at like the- this pier and the manticore is just there and like kind of trying to hide his face. But like, he this this lion man is just kind of making his way in downtown Toronto, and nobody notices. <laughs> He's just hanging out. Well, he someone when they're at the 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 party with the old rich people, the lion man is like staring at them from the doorway, and they're like, "Oh, he's just some homeless, and he's probably drunk." I'm like, "Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. You hate the homeless as well. What a surprise." Thank you. Now look at that. Homeless people in this neighborhood. Drunk. Figures. Yeah, like, it was just like... It was the disdain in which they said it that was just like, Oh, the poor people. (laughs) Just like, oh my god. Yeah. I hate all these rich people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, but the the creatures. I I got to give a shout out to my favorite um creatures, which I don't even know what they are. They were just so towards the end of the film when Ithaca's powers are starting to fade, the creatures start to go a little uh bananas. Uh and so when they bring Jitterbug in, she she kind of her her big moment is that she she kind of realizes that she has the power now to command these guys so she tells them to knock it off and during that scene it cuts to the shot of these two uh like tiny i i th- maybe leprechauns or pixies or something like brownies brownies yeah. of some kind yeah little little fae folk. yeah but they're just like these two little these two little like fairy folk and they're just like they were just like wrestling with each other. Yeah, they're and just like having fun on a table. Yeah, it's like just like and they look and just like Ooh. and it's just I don't know why, but it just like it just kills me because they all of the other creatures, like you had the unicorn, the manticore, the mer- like they just seem like they had more effort put into them. And then we just like have this like this loving close up of these two people on a green screen. Yeah, just two tiny people on a green screen. <laughs> yeah, and they just like they have just like vaguely like medieval ish clothes, and they're just yeah. I just I love them. They're just having a having a blast on that table. Also, it makes me wonder because like. She's like, I have the, the, the power to, like, command these these mythical creatures. And I'm mm-hmm. like, does that extend to the, the like, sapient ones? Yeah. Like, can she just command them to do things? Which is weird. That's yeah, like, strange. the mermaid is the... The mermaid... Oh, no, actually, so there are some other sapient ones, because there's the mermaid... There's, there's the mermaid, there's the, like, little fairies. Yeah, there's the dryads, and then there's there's Nana, who is a, who is, like, um, uh, Ithaca's assistant, who is also a witch. Is she a witch? I think so. Is I that think what, so. what her deal was? It, it must be, because she, like, she went into, there's a one point where 
this is another like one of Will's weird moments of shittiness is that he sees Nana on a street and she goes into a, a witchy shop to get like potion stuff and he follows her for like no good reason. Yeah. Just, just to like snoop on her? I guess. And there, I guess? there's like a scene later where she tries to like um, she offers him appetizers and they're like frogs and I think it's, it's that's I think that's part of why I'm pretty sure she's a witch is just because it's like the witchy thing of like oh here's some frogs and I she might have mentioned something about like bat wings too yeah like eye of newt and stuff like that mm-hmm okay that makes sense because I wondered what her sort of deal was yeah you know what you know what I just I just thought of is where they they never go back to get the Hydra. <laughs> they did it off camera, maybe. I, pres- I would hope so. This Hydra. Like they just left the Hydra in the abandoned yeah. theater that they found it in. See, so somehow this big ass giant Hydra, who is probably at least 15 feet tall, if not more, somehow manages to navigate the alleyways of Toronto to track down Jitterbug in this abandoned <laughs> theater. And it just, yeah, like, so they they can't control it, so they have to flee. So they just lift it in the basement of that theater. And then yeah. That's well, they the had la- more pressing concerns because Ithaca was about to die, I guess. Yeah, well, it was it was almost sunrise and they realized, okay, we can't control this thing without uh, you inheriting the new princess powers, Jitterbug. So we just got to, like, get back to the castle. Yeah. They should have, oh, even if they had, like, a brief shot of it at the castle at the end so that you knew that they went and got it. Yeah, they went back and got it. <laughs> Took care of it. Maybe it just, like, because she removed the thing from its foot. Yeah. So maybe it just went back to wherever it lives. Maybe that's all it needed, which you would think that if that's if that was it, that it could just use one of its three heads to pull it out itself. Yeah, because it had three heads. It could have just, like, pulled it out. Maybe yeah. it's because of her magic healing powers. Mm-hmm. On um on the note of like them going back to the castle, they're so they use taxis quite a bit in this movie, and I think it's to help sort of reinforce Will being kind of this uh, down on his luck kind of guy. He's always using yeah. taxis to get places. They use a taxi to get back to the castle when Ithaca is injured. So that- yeah, they sure do. <laughs> so they, the, the taxi driver, like, just had to. No I questions. Guess, no, this unconscious woman. Like, granted, I guess it, there was Will and Jitterbug there, so maybe that's, I guess, a bit better than if it was just Will and Ithaca. But you would think that, like, if you saw if an injured woman was carried into your your cab, that you would maybe be like. I need to take you to a hospital, not yeah, to... Yeah, can, can I take you to the hospital, not to the, the weird castle up on the hill? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was one of the other things, too, where it's like, oh, she got... Because she, she gets, like, flung across a room. Yeah. Yeah. By the, by the Hydra. And that's what knocks her out. And then apparently, like, almost kills her. Um, yeah. And it's like, instead of take, I get that they had to get... Uh, Calliope to the castle but they didn't think to maybe take her also to a hospital. I know she's like a magic princess but also mm-hmm. she's still a human 
you can take her to a human doctor. Yeah, I guess it was just the the t- the time frame with it almost being sunrise. It was like, okay, well, she might die, but at least if we get the both of them back in the castle, then at, at least uh, Jitterbug Calliope will inherit the powers. Yeah. So I guess that was just the more pressing issue. I get it was it was more plot relevant. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, if they took her to the hospital, he couldn't have given her a kiss and saved her like the fairy tales. Yeah. Was that? You... I I just groaned aloud. Also, when that happened. Do you was that actually meant to be magic? Because I don't know. They. I think so. Ithaca also kind of comments on it too. Is that like she makes like just like kind of a snarky comment about how like oh kissing the kiss revives the princess it's straight out of a fairy tale kind of thing and and it just feels like like don't point yeah. it out. Yeah, like all right. I mean, I get I get pointing it out because it's echoing the there's like a bit in the earlier when he he's telling her that he's not the searcher and everything's all. Like what the heck's up with all these math magical creatures? This is this can't be real. And she's like, "Well, where do you think fairy tales come from?" And then yeah, so he's like, "Oh, true. I get to echo it back to you." <laughs> fairy tales. <laughs> oh, I don't know, but yeah, no. She had to be back at at her, the castle so that they could have the dramatic moment where she almost dies and he. <laughs> kisses the true love and it, it heals her and she's just fine afterwards like she's a-okay yeah I, she was yeah. apparently about to die but one little kiss and she's a-okay maybe she was just faking it and she was just like <laughs> waiting for him to leave but then she just like felt bad and like, all right i guess i'll wake up just all right i guess i can't just fake my death to get out of there, there was a brief moment where Will, Will brought her back and then left the room to kind of witness uh, uh, Jitterbug Calliope uh, uh, shushing all of the creatures. So that would have been the perfect time for her to be like, hey, Nan, Nana, Nana, tell him that I'm dying. Shh. Tell him that I'm gone. I'm dead now. Yeah. And then, uh, then I'll hold my breath as long as I can. <laughs> just, yeah, just pretend like my pulse is weak or some shit. <laughs> Nana, Nana would have gone for it, absolutely. Oh god, yeah, Nana never liked Will, which, fair, because he's not great no, for most of the movie. It's kind of funny, because I feel like you're supposed to, you're supposed to be rooting for Will, but instead you're like, anytime Nana kind of like snarks him down, you're like, yes, Nana. You, yeah, get him, Nana. Yeah, get him. Like she, like she seems to know right away that he's not. Yeah, like yeah, she, she's a huge liar. Yeah, and she is trying to make Ithaca see this multiple times throughout the course of the film, and Ithaca is just too trusting of Will. Yeah, it's kind of sad in a way because there's especially like the dinner date at the castle, like Nan Nana. Um, opens the door and she is very much like let's get this over with and knowing the strict timeline that they were working with this is probably torture for her to watch as I'm sure she must be thinking 
Like, this is it. Like, she, this weirdo keeps trying to romance the princess. The princess doesn't understand that he's a weirdo and shouldn't be trusted. And, like, this, we're going to lose, she's going to lose her powers all because this, this Jagoff won't (laughs) just leave. Yeah, because he keeps lying to her. Yeah. It's just like, poor Nana. She does her best. I one thing one thing I wanted to mention just regarding the costume design for this one is that they kind of do uh, something similar to Disney's Enchanted, where Ithaca's clothing becomes more modern as the film progresses. I thought yeah. that was kind of a nice touch. Yeah, like the farther into the film it goes, the less like giant and poofy and princessy it gets. Mm-hmm. It's they're still beautiful dresses, but yeah. they're not like ostentatious huge gowns Mm -hmm. yeah and i it 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 was a nice touch i think if anything ithaca probably like she definitely has the biggest character arc in this is that she went from the sheltered naive kind of awkward um princess and through the circumstances of the story she's forced to step into she step into this role that she leaves the castle starts associating more with the light the world outside of the castle walls she if if will hadn't decided to join her as a searcher there's like a very real possibility that ithaca would have found jitterbug by herself yeah like she's definitely like she kind of rules. I yeah. really like Ithaca. Mm-hmm. She's she's sweet and naive, but she's also like she's got like a sharp wit and she's determined and she's like I don't need romance, I don't need this, I don't I'm, you know, yeah. I have a life's work, I have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean that's the most important thing to me and I'm like hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like she she doesn't start falling for Will, like we said, until that that one, like, dinner date scene. And even then, she's still very much focused on trying to find uh, the new princess. And and, and again, she, at the end of the film, when she kind of takes charge, she spends, like, an entire, like, day searching through the streets, just trying to see if she could find uh, a jitterbug. Yeah, and, and she's like, she gets hot on the trail. Like yeah. she is, she's halfway there by the time that Will finds her and meets up with her to join the search. Like she's already tracked down, like she's asking questions. She's out there. She's gathering information. She mm-hmm. finds the very, very helpful tattoo artist. Gets yeah. the info from him. And it's like, yeah, she's like, if she had been allowed to leave the castle and actually do her thing earlier she probably could have just done it on her own yeah yeah because the only thing that will did after joining her at the tattoo shop is just that they they were walking down the street and he notices a building (laughs) a bunch of birds (laughs) yeah there's a bunch of birds flocking and there's like also some stray dogs there and he remembers that earlier in the park we saw that animals flock to Ithaca where like a a bird and and a a flock of little ducks come and they follow her through the park 
Right. But then he, the thing is, though, is that he notices that, and then two seconds after he makes that observation, a bunch of street kids come screaming out of the theater because they were, they were (laughs) scared off by the Hydra. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well done, Detective Will. Yeah. There was nothing like, if anything, there should have been Will being like, hey, you know what? I know the streets very well. Like, give me your vague description, and then from the description of the building, that should have been Will's part, is... Like, it, but the, the he, that couldn't have been, they would have had to change that he was there in the city to hang out yeah. and couch surf with his friends, because he arrives by, like, taxi and bus, so he's clearly mm-hmm. not familiar with the city, so it's not even like he could have done that. They would have had to establish that he's... I don't know, familiar with the city somehow. Yeah, like have have changed it so that he was j- just a regular citizen there, that this was his hometown that he's coming back to, maybe? Yeah. Or established something more than nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, literally, he, he wasn't necessary for finding... <laughs> She she basically had it. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. She would have been probably in that same position with or without him. Yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing he did was he distracts the Hydra, one of the Hydra's heads for a while while she pulls out the, the thorn in its foot. Yeah. But in the end, they wind up running away from it anyway, so it's not like that was essential. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely, like, the bits and pieces are there that I could see, like, this is almost one of those stories that this almost feels like a first pass, where yeah, if if they just went over it a bit more and they were like, ooh, actually, you know what, these characters are super unlikable, this, we could probably streamline this, make this, you know, and I guess fewer instead- Fewer gay jokes. Yeah. I know there's only two, but fewer, make it zero. Just that the fact that there are two in, like, I think it was, like, the first, like, 30 to 40 minutes of the film. Like, that's, like... Yeah. But. Yeah, it it does feel like another couple of passes could have really ironed out some of the issues with the film, but... Yeah. eh. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you had made... If Will wasn't a a trust fund baby Princeton grad, if he was, like, an average everyday guy who, you know, if you're gonna keep Lewis as the rich dude, like, okay, keep that if you want to justify them getting an exclusive ticket to this fancy uh, party. Yeah, you you know what could have happened is that, like, if Lewis is so, this is my pet project, I'm gonna set you up with this princess, if he's got a gazillion dollars, he could have brought his, his friend to the ball and been like 50k for my friend here mm-hmm. like that probably would have worked out better because then that would yeah. have taken it out of will's hands and it would have like you could have had like will being like no dude like stop it like this is awkward i don't want to bid on a woman yeah they could have they could have mm-hmm. had that and then that that brief moment where will calls out lewis for trying to like micromanage his life like that could have been a bigger payoff because 
You you could have Will being like more of a meeker person who he lets Lewis kind of do these things and he doesn't like them, but he also like doesn't feel like he can stand up to his friend, especially if he is in a position where he doesn't have the money and so he's relying on his friend to bail him out. Yeah. Yeah. And then there could have been something there. Yeah. The the grand moment where he calls out Lewis and he's like, it's not about, you know, I don't want your money. I just want to be with Ithaca. I love her and I need to I need to help her when she needs me. Yeah. That could have been much more resonant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but alas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately it, it is what it is with this one. I I think overall I don't know, this is this is an interesting movie to watch. Like there is Yeah. I, I wound up enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would in the first twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Once the- it starts getting into like the weird sort of like magic plots, I'm like, okay, this is fun. This is a this is a fun one. Yeah, just gotta the, get through that rough beginning. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the the establishing of of setting up Will and figuring out how he meets with Ithaca. Once that's out of the way, and you get the intrigue of the searcher and the healer stuff, you do you do get into it a bit more. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and it's it's. It's silly. Like, yeah. it's a silly plot. Like, the searcher and the healer, and she heals the magical creatures. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's sort of the thing where I saw it being as, because it was aiming for, like, an older teen. That's more of a younger teen kind yeah. of feeling, I thought. Um, it's yeah. more like a like a YA novel kind of thing. Yeah. Not to knock on YA novels, there's <laughs> a lot of them that are amazing. Mm-hmm. But, like, that feels more like a like a younger teen plot yeah because uh, it, it kind of feels it's it's be- i think because it feels a little shallow because it's one of those yeah. plots that you can't look too deeply at it because it just raises too many questions about how does this work Hmm. like d- is there but, only one healer in the world do all the animals come to ithaca like well she does say they come to her from all over the world so i, yeah. I guess yes but what? does that mean that the next healer can be anywhere in the world that's awkward. Fuck, yeah. That's really hard to find. Yeah, actually. <laughs> it was Luckily, con- they just happened to be in this same one, air quotes, American city. Yeah. Toronto. Well, and she also she also mentions, too, that specifically this power gets, that's, is manifests in orphans, which is like yeah. a weird, I don't know, I guess like at some point, the whatever magic is in the universe selects an orphan and then goes, you will inherit this power. At what point do they have to be orphan? I also, also, yeah, also, they they find this girl, <laughs> and she's probably because Ithaca lose they they lose their power on their twenty fifth birthday. This girl that they find, Calliope, she's she's at least fifteen, like fourteen, yeah. fifteen years old, maybe. <laughs> Maybe younger, but, like, she's got maybe just over ten years to do this. And then they have to find the next one. That's (laughs) right. I didn't even think of that. Like, she is a a young teen. Mm Mm-hmm. 
so she's got maybe 10 to 13 years of doing this and then whoops got to find the next one so like how how old like this is a quick cycle yeah that's well and yeah because depending on how soon you find them like Ithaca mentions that she was found when she was five so I'm not sure how that works I guess just like if Depending on the skills of the searcher, maybe they just find them earlier. So maybe, ideally, they should have found a, a Calliope uh, earlier and yeah, just did well, cause And they mentioned that her searcher was like 103 years old and only could pass on information. So apparently there's only one searcher at a time and they can only find the one healer. Yeah. But he was super old and presumably he died yeah yeah so like she had 20 years of doing this Mm -hmm. but calliope is going to have yeah like 10 10 13 at most yeah and then it just begins again i guess or well no actually because you want to find them before so at what point, Jesus? <laughs> at what? I mean, if she was smart, she would. What did she Just want start to start looking s- right away? Yeah, because and it's like get her used to it. Get her. Get her like introduced to the whole thing, and then be like, "All right, I've got you know X number of years until I I pass these powers on to you." I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You, you don't want to leave shit to the very end like Ithaca. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's why she was so concerned that she's got like, I've got a week. I have one week yeah. left until this happens. You'd think oh. there would have been a more concerted effort to, I don't know, find the searcher. Do they just have to sit in the castle and wait until their searcher shows up? And be like, I... well, I guess I can't do nothing about it. I don't have the searcher. I'm just going to yeah. wait. Like, what happens if your searcher can't afford a plane ticket to where you are? I, well, yeah, I, sucks, I guess. It does feel like that she was just kind of waiting for the searcher. Like, she... And, and I guess, again, that's kind of part of her character arc is her learning that, you know, like, I can take matters into my own hands. I don't have to just wait in the castle for forever i can get out there and do my own business because i yeah Hmm. so yeah the as the 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 magical side of the plot kind of (laughs) doesn't doesn't hold well no up well to like poking at no definitely it's a little thin yeah so yeah so like you said that's kind of one of the the indicators that it feels like it was made for a younger audience yeah or not like least, a young young audience yeah. but like a young teen audience a less a less discerning audience mm-hmm. <laughs> the this but. one i i will note for this one just on kind of on a meta level of princess movies and if you are hosting your own bad princess movie night <laughs> this, this is uh this is when we uh, when i showed this movie to people it i mean it wasn't 
received negatively, but it didn't go over as well as I thought I would. Like, I kind of thought that, you know, like, the nonsense with the plot, the weird CGI creatures, I kind of thought it would net more laughs than it did. And Mm -hmm. it... It did get some laughs, but not as many as I was expecting. And I've kind of come to realize after this and a few other films is that this is a this is a movie where a lot of the humor comes from just how weird some of the dialogue is and just like characters talking to yeah. each other and that awkwardness. And when you are playing this movie for a group of people who have a tendency to uh, mystery science theater this shit and talk all over stuff... <laughs> <laughs> it it does mean that like the main selling point of this movie kind of gets drowned out sometimes. Yeah, I could see that for mm-hmm. sure because it's like if you if you're not listening to their sort of very very I I'm trying to think of the the way to describe it. Cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. very cheesiness of the the dialogue and stuff. If if that's not what people are paying attention to. I could see this being sort of meh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, overall though, I think I, I almost don't want to say I like this one because I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, I guess I like it as a form of entertainment about, with a, like a bad cheesy movie that doesn't quite know what it wants to be, doesn't quite know how to pull off the story that it's trying to tell. I I think it is a good candidate for a bad princess movie night. Again, assuming that you don't have people who will talk all over the entire movie. I guess this is this is one yeah. that you might need to shush the peanut gallery so that everybody <laughs> could hear hear uh the terrible dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's definitely not one because like we've watched a couple now that I'd be like, yeah, this was a fun one. You yeah. should definitely give this one a watch. I think this one would be like, eh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would super recommend it. Yeah. But yeah, I could see it being like a good time if you had the right group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, I I do. I will give this movie credit in that there was enough uh, entertainment that I gleaned from this that it made me a second guess my that earlier decision to only focus on the animated princess movies that I could find. So I do yeah. owe this movie a bit of thanks for that. It has opened up a lot more princess movies. Actually, maybe I should be mad at it for making me <laughs> expand my collection. <laughs> Hmm. I have to think it's, about that. <laughs> it's caused you to to collect so many more. I have I have a list and it's just Hallmark movies that deal with princesses and be- or becoming a princess. And it's like I swear oh. like, and it's and it's if we're not for this movie, <laughs> I wouldn't have that list. So I don't know, just I guess one of these days this movie is gonna cost me probably like like at a, a bazillion dollars because I'm gonna have to go through that giant list of Hallmark movies and buy them just to f- just to fulfill my my <laughs> insane need to collect and catalog all these shitty princess movies. <laughs> <laughs> there's 
you cannot leave your collection un <gasps> unfinished. Oh, I I'm going to still princess movies out there. I'm going to have to one day, obviously not when I'm 25 because that hill has passed. Um <laughs> I'm going to have to one day find an heir to my princess movie collection and then convince them to come home with me and then once we pass that <laughs> threshold then I'll just be like now you have gained all of my sh- my princess movie powers and you have now now they are yours mm-hmm. to command with as you will yes wait where are you going wait come back no come back come back no, no look I have so many I have look, so many why, why are you running Oh. Well, is that it for this one, Brie? I think so. I will say I've been having the movie just play on silent in the background <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm talking to you, and I'm looking again at this Hydra. And you know, it's not bad for, for a 2008 TV CG creature. You know, the lighting yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. They, I mean, it was probably a smart move to keep it in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Like the animation on it is good. Mm-hmm. Shadow, good, good job, real effects. Yeah, yeah, good job. I mean, I, I you, tr- you, you did your best, probably given the time and the the time, the technology, and probably your budget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's that's gonna be it for this one, guys. If you. Want to check out more Bad Princess movie content? We have the Twitter at Bad Princess MOV. Uh, we also have the blog where I have been cataloging all of these movies at just badprincessmovies.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future episode of the podcast, then feel free to email at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. Or if you have a Bad Princess film that you think Christy may not have seen. <laughs> oh my god. If there's one that you can think of that's super obscure that maybe maybe has eluded hers th- thus far. And and email. you know and you know what? I win either way because either I get to be superior and be like actually, I already knew that existed. <laughs> I or- have that one on region 2 DVD mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Or I get to be like the pretend that i knew about it all along oh actually uh, yeah I, I already knew that existed oh fuck i gotta buy this right now <laughs> uh-huh. either way christy already knows but maybe she doesn't <gasps> you'll never know dear viewer <laughs> listener <laughs> viewer <laughs> if you're watching the uh, the uh video of this podcast yeah that's incredible because yeah. we're not recording it yeah, if you're watching the the hidden camera that I've got set up in Bree's room, um, oh god, don't let her know. Christy, no. Wave, wave to the camera, Bree. Oh god, I'm waving around my apartment. <laughs> I don't know which. Door, I don't know where it is. You look really. Is sca- it that bug that's on my window? Uh, 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 so, anyways, guys. <laughs> Christy, Christy. Uh, uh, this might be the last episode. <laughs> But thank you for listening, and we hope that you will join us next time on the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. See you guys next time! Woo! Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs>